Welcome to Season 2 of There Are Good Things Here, the podcast where you listen in as Katie Hubbard talks to God about life in the year that it got upended by her first cancer diagnosis. I hope you'll find grace in her honest, hard, and hopeful words. I'm your host, Norman Hubbard, and I just want you to hold on to Jesus like Katie did. It won't be easy or perfect, but it will be worth it. Welcome back to There Are Good Things Here. I mentioned last episode that we were going to be carrying on reading some of Katie's blog entries from Caring Bridge, which uh, are the only way to access her thoughts at this time. She wasn't writing in her journal. And, you know, it's taken me six years to put this together, but she wasn't writing in her journal at this time because she had had surgery on her right-hand side and had tubes coming out to drain off fluid from the surgery site. And so, uh, I mean, obviously in the days immediately after surgery, but even after that, it was just uncomfortable for Katie to write. And so uh, I'm going to be reading from her her, uh, her blog entry and one of mine from late March and early April of 2009. March 31st, 2009. Yesterday, I got my drain and tubes out. Icky, yucky. Glad to have that over with, Katie writes. Norman assures me that I should update things like this in journal entries, although I tend to think journal entries should only be for more life-altering announcements, such as, here's what my treatment is going to be, or Katie was recently abducted by aliens, or some such something. I didn't realize just how constricting and uncomfortable these drains were until they were out. Think largest large-ish stiff tubes tunneled under your side up to your armpit. There, now probably half of you have quit reading. Receiving the good news on Friday made us realize that we have been living under constant stress for the past two months. It was such intense relief to hear that the cancer had not spread. When I saw Norman researching water drainage issues for our yard on the internet Friday, I knew that for the first time, things felt somewhat normal. It was great to see him totally engrossed in a project that did not involve cancer, treatment, or anything else like that. For my part, it enabled me to think about some of the more secondary aspects of my condition, and suddenly those things which were more insignificant, such as the mastectomy, in light of the serious possibility of the cancer spreading, were able to take a more front seat, and I've been able to process some of those emotions. Friday and Saturday, the process of processing those emotions involved two near-fainting spells, but then again, I've always been squeamish. I remember being up at Fort Wilderness, that's a camp that we often went to in northern Wisconsin, and Truman Robertson, who was the founder of the camp, elderly by the time we met him, uh, Katie says, Truman Robertson came by in his golf golf cart. Truman had lost a leg. He stopped, looked at the kids, and asked them if they had seen his leg lying around camp anywhere. I remember thinking at that moment, if I ever go through anything traumatic like that, I hope that I can be that kind of person. 
So while processing, we're also trying to employ a lot of humor, and there have been humorous moments too. Our kids made it back home on Saturday. I'm so glad to have them back with all the chaos, humor, and activity that they bring. I'm also able to play with Joseph now and put him in my lap. There is great therapeutic healing power in being around kids. My parents are here at least for the week, and Norman's mom made it home safe on Friday. Tomorrow is my visit to the oncologist. Hopefully I'll have something concrete to report as to what my treatment will be from here on out. Have a blessed day, Katie. And then I wrote on April 1st, 2009, The news is in, and it is great. Katie's cancer is stage one. That means she caught it, and the surgeons removed it very early. If you're into executive summaries, you can stop reading now. If you'd like the meandering English major version, keep reading. Katie had a follow-up visit with her surgeon this morning at 10.30. It was a quick visit where the surgeon removed all of Katie's bandages and steri-strips, the tape covering her incisions and stitches. Katie drafted a letter to the Joint Chiefs of Staff urging them to use steri-strips anytime they need to repair an army tank. I think the doctor had to use pliers, they're called forceps, to take it off. The best news from this visit with the surgeon was that all Katie's discomfort, swelling, and numbness are normal. That may not sound particularly comforting, but consider how you'd feel if the doctor told you all your discomfort, swelling, and numbness were abnormal. When we finished this checkup with the surgeon, we hoofed it across the hospital to the cancer care wing. After a short chat with Mitzi, the most helpful, peppy, and assertive person ever to work in the field of medical supplies, that is, prosthetics, wigs, etc., Katie checked in to see our oncologist, Dr. Rowland. We thought we would be sitting for a while, but Dr. Rowland called us back almost immediately. He talked us through Katie's latest pathology, which we'd only had summarized on Friday. He reiterated the good news that all the nodes and tissue margins were clear, and he went on to tell us that the invasive component of the tissue that was taken was only 2.3 millimeters. Combined with the earlier invasive tumor that was, that was removed in her first lumpectomy, Katie's cancer was officially determined to be stage 1. That is great news. Early stage cancer with clear lymph nodes. If you have to have breast cancer and a mastectomy, this is the best case scenario. It's a lot like getting a really big tax return. You celebrate the return and do your best to forget about the thousands that the government kept. Next came the discussion about chemotherapy, and we were eager to hear about the options. Sadly, things became less clear at this point. Katie is eligible to take part in a clinical trial, generally a good option, but the way it was explained, the trial would simply take away one of the drugs that is used in the standard regimen of treatment, generally not a good option if you're trying to cure cancer aggressively. In other words, we've still got unanswered questions that we'll need to talk over with our oncologist. If we stick with the standard of care, as it's been explained, Katie would be in chemo for five months. If she takes part in the clinical trial, her chemo regimen would only last two months. 
Two months sounds much better than five months, but the lowest risk of cancer recurring sounds best of all. We'll opt for whichever course of treatment leads to that end, and we'll let you know when the questions get answered. Until then, thanks for keeping up with us and praying. The news is very good for us right now, though we know that several tough months are still ahead. And then from April 3rd, 2009, Katie wrote, Today I got such good news I feel like I could fly. Okay, the best news I could get other than you don't have cancer and this was just a really bad dream. We finally got all of our facts straight from the oncologist and whether I do the clinical trial or not, I will only have to have eight weeks of chemotherapy. Who knew I would ever be thanking the Lord for chemotherapy but here I am. This has, this has such huge implications for us. It means the treatment would be three to four months shorter than I originally thought. It means I might be done by the end of June. That would give me July and August chemo-free and time to get back on my feet before school starts in the fall for my kids and before ministry gets cranked up here on campus in the fall. It means I could possibly finish my reconstruction before the end of the year. I know one thing this journey has shown me is that circumstances can change, but this news seems pretty definite, and I think I'm safe to rejoice in it. This morning, I was crying my eyes out to Norman. I am going to nominate him for sainthood before this is all over. And this afternoon, I'm filled with joy. What a roller coaster this all is. I know the next leg of the triathlon, chemo, will be difficult, but it has been shortened significantly, and for that, I am rejoicing. And if you see this blog post entry, there are just about 20 exclamation points in a row with a parenthetical statement. I just wanted to throw in some more exclamation points because I have used so many already. Then finally... Uh, our final blog entry for this podcast, April 9th, 2009, Katie writes, Here we are, two and a half weeks out from surgery. I'm feeling pretty well. My biggest enemy right now is fatigue, fatigue, fatigue. Not sure if this is normal or if I am just extra wimpy, but there it is. I'm going in for weekly follow-ups with my surgeon. It's either because these visits are necessary or that he just enjoys scrubbing down my incision site. Fun, fun. I'm also trying very hard to get in my exercises so that I can get my range of motion back in my arm. I'm quite numb and know that I have overdone it when I feel a carpet burn type feel under my arm, and I seem to feel that a lot. There's nothing like losing your health to appreciate it. I think all of the exercises that I did so effortlessly at Curves, I think of those, and it's quite a contrast to trying to do my little arm stretches now. They are quite pitiful little exercises, but my arm still shakes while I'm doing them. Mom and Dad left yesterday, and my brother Ted and his wife and kids come down tonight for Easter. Don't worry, they're coming to be helpful I will be very glad to see all of them, as will our kids. Cousins are some of their very favorite things in the world. 
One of the challenges of fatigue right now is managing a very busy toddler. That was redundant. Is there any other kind of toddler? Joseph is a wonderful little boy, but he happens to also be 17 months old right now. I must say he has been such a trooper with all of the changes in his little life right now. Extra caregivers, mom not as available as usual. I've decided he must think that our guest bedroom is the source of all good things. Norman's mom was there, my parents were there, and now aunt and uncle will come. He keeps going in there just to look around for really wonderful people who come, stay, and love on him for a while, and then disappear. We've not made any decisions about chemotherapy and the clinical trial yet. Mostly, we've not made that decision because life has been full, and we haven't had much time to sit down and read up on it or think about it. You would think that we would do that now, wouldn't you? See the note above about fatigue, plus four kids, plus life in general. But it looks like we should be starting in the next week and a half to two weeks. Sorry, I can't give you a date yet. In the meantime, we have had wonderful friends who have brought us meals and cleaned our house. Wow, it has been so helpful. The only complaint has come from Kayla. Why hasn't anyone brought us hot dogs? Isn't that great? Thank God for children who keep us laughing through it all. Love you all, Katie. And thank you all for joining me for this episode of There Are Good Things Here. I'll look forward to being with you again in two weeks.